are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Kind of interesting to have a really, really deep tactical sales conversation on the finance stage. Uh, but uh, ho- hopefully people will find this um, a little bit entertaining and, and, and maybe a bit useful. Uh, so my name is Michael Burns. I'm Chief Revenue Officer at a company called VFairs. A um, uh, little bit about, if I could get the clicker to go... Yes, no, yeah, no, okay. Uh, I'll talk about myself and then we'll go on to the next slide. So, uh, so I've been in go-to-market leadership positions for uh, years, about 20 years. Uh, I started uh, early in my career as an individual contributor in sales uh, and then did a startup in 2006 with a couple of colleagues, um, a business information and business services startup, uh, which was great uh, and very relevant to today's topic because we grew super fast from 2006 to 2008, and then super not fast uh, for the next couple of years. Um, uh, And that was uh, a a great lesson uh, in my career of how to pivot and and, uh, deploy uh, a playbook. Um, uh, Over the the intervening years from uh, my exit uh, in that startup back in 2015 till today, uh, I've really focused more on scale-ups than than startups. So I uh, uh, was with a, a MarTech ad tech company that we took from 50 to 80 million in a year, uh, an event technology company that I took from 20 to about 100 in, in two years, um, uh, litigation services company that we uh, doubled revenue uh, within a quarter. Um, so my, my, my bag, uh, as it were, is, is kind of coming in, uh, rolling out a playbook um, that's very practical uh, and gets to repeatable revenue fast. Um, uh, so what I'm going to talk about today uh, is, is some fairly tactical stuff, right? We're not going to uh, really talk about the, the, the total strategy of the playbook and uh, all the different dashboards that you need to use and the different acronyms that, that I'll roll out. Uh, but I wanted to focus on a few actionable things that I think are relevant uh, to what's happening right now in the economy. Again, this is you know, a lot of lessons from uh, uh, 2008, 2009. Um, so what we'll talk about is, is how to diagnose uh, the gaps in, in your playbook, uh, if it exists. Right? And we'll talk a little bit about the data uh, that I like to look at. Uh, I'll, I'll look at one thing in particular. Uh, strategy gaps around uh, messaging uh, and then process gaps from a selling process standpoint. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about implementation. Um, just a couple of quick hits on, on things that I would prioritize from an implementation standpoint. Uh, and then we'll talk about optimization, right? Um, uh, and, and really not boiling the ocean. Um, so I'm at a company called VFairs. Uh, VFairs is an end-to-end event management platform. Uh, So we provide technology for uh, uh, events like this. Um, uh, And we really grew very, very quickly during the pandemic. Uh, So, uh, and there are a lot of uh, parallels to what happened with the VFairs business uh, from 2019 through 2022 uh, and what's happening to a lot of tech businesses today, right? Uh, A lot of high growth uh, and then maybe a little bit of a correction. Uh, and again, you know, similar to what you know, many of us experienced back in the 2008-2009 uh, uh, crisis. Um, so just a little bit about VFairs over the years. Uh, so uh, the company 
was originally a product uh, of, of uh, our parent company called Bait.com, which is the largest job board in the Middle East. Uh, we were a virtual event, uh, sorry, a virtual uh, job fair product uh, that was being sold um, that people realized, uh, my, my founder, uh, Muhammad Yunus, who spoke earlier today, realized this is really a company, not a product, so it spun out. Um, and they put the pieces in, into place to start growing, right? Um, uh, relatively modest growth. Uh, and then the pandemic hit, and it was right place, right time for VFairs. Uh, people were running events like this. They couldn't do it in person anymore. Their hair's on fire, uh, and they had to go somewhere. And VFairs had the, uh, and this is not just my opinion, SG2, had the best virtual platform on the planet. Um, so the inbound just went off the charts, which is fantastic until it's not fantastic anymore, right? And, and things kind of come back to normal, right? And I, I think a lot of us are, are experiencing this across a lot of different businesses, Anybody in technology right now? Th things are a little harder than they, than they maybe used to be. Uh, so, so what I'm going to talk about is, is, is the elements of a playbook that are important uh, to get back on track right, and, and produce sustainable and repeatable revenue. Uh, so we'll dig into the first section here. Uh, and uh, I'll talk about the, the data uh, first. So, so the, the first thing that I look at if I'm you know, reimagining a playbook, and I, I came into VFairs in November, uh, and my remit, my marching orders are, you know, we, we need to grow, right? And if you saw the little bump there in Q1, right, we're starting to see some of the impact, and I'll show some results, uh, early results uh, now, uh, sorry, at the end of the presentation that, that we're seeing now. Uh, but the first thing I, I, I said is, okay, well, what am I dealing with, right? What, what, what data do I have? Uh, and I personally like to have a sensitivity analysis built where I could look at every single conversion rate from top of the funnel, you know, tofu, lead acquisition, branding, all the way down to churn, renewal, expansion. Um, and, and I get pretty micro on that. Uh, and I actually do that, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, on a rep-by-rep on rep basis, so I know what every single rep's conversion rate is across my, uh, my organization. Not because I care how many calls they make, right? Uh, I'm not about, you know, the, the micro KPIs, but I want them to know what a brute force approach would look like if they needed to take it in terms of conversions. And I also need to be able to diagnose where in my process things are not completely optimized, right? And the, the best way to understand that is when you see breaks or, or aberrations in conversion rate. Um, so the first question I asked was, can I measure conversion at every single point? Uh, the second uh, thing that I asked is, okay, do we have, you know, in this new environment, do we have product market fit? Right? Uh, are we strategically doing the right things to the right people the right number of times? Right? So by that, I mean, do we have the right messaging? Right? Are, are we articulating our value proposition the right way for today? Uh, are we uh, really clear about our ICP? Right? Um, uh, have we looked at our data? Have we looked at our churn data? Uh, do we understand how we're performing from a, a marketing standpoint in different segments? Um, and, and are we leaning into that? Uh, and then finally, uh, are, are our repetitions enough, right? Are we creating enough opportunities, right? Is there enough activity and positive behavior that, that's leading to the outcomes that we want to, to drive to? Um, uh, so that, that, for me, there's data in there, but that, for me, is strategy, right? Uh, do we have the right setup? Have we built the right uh, motion? And then finally, process, which for me is, is really about, in this context, is about the selling process, right? Do we have the right deal stages, uh, and, and yes, I'm getting very tactical and, and, uh, and specific on this, but uh, do the deal stages uh, represent the reality of what's happening in the field? Um, and I'll, I'll give you a, a real-life example. So the deal stages at VFairs, uh, when I came in, were things like demo highly interested. Uh, and I said, okay, where's the empirical data that could tell us that? Are we doing you know, conversational intelligence or are we measuring sentiment? It's like, no, no, they, they really seemed interested. 
And it's like, okay, so, so we're saying that we, we close 40% of people that you think are interested. That, that's, that I, I, and people were ter- typically right. You know, there was a lot of unconscious competency there where people were, were pretty good at this, but they couldn't really measure it and understand why and certainly couldn't repeat it. Um, so that doesn't adequately, adequately capture risk, right? So we need to really understand and be able to describe uh, the, the selling process as it stands and then look for uh, opportunities to optimize. Optimize. So the, the main thing, though, that I, I, I looked at was close rate, uh, sorry, close loss reasons, um, because th- this is kind of a, a, a two birds with one stone uh, uh, type of process, right? So I'm, I'm understanding, you know, what our, what our close rate is. I, you know, layer on top of here, you know, sales cycle and, and the ICP and so on and so forth. But I'm getting good qualitative data here. Um, uh, and the most important piece of qualitative data that I have is that most of the time we don't know why we're losing. Um, uh, that no value, uh, I, I had many a night uh, uh, in the, the late days of Q4, uh, scratching my head saying, what is the no value? Why, why is it? Are we saying the wrong things? Is it bad messaging? Um, are we just not capturing it? Is there no you know, adherence to the process, right? Is this more of an adoption problem? Uh, so, so you know you're kind of on the right track if those sort of second and third order questions start coming up around the data, right? Um, uh, so this for me was... was Huge, right? I really dug into this, uh, and, and the first, I think, practical piece of advice for anyone that uh, maybe you know had some boom time, and maybe it's not as important to measure all your conversions and your your loss reasons because things are going really well and you're hitting your revenue targets. Start looking at this, like right? really, really d- dive into it. And there's no substitute for having conversations, right? So the the, the CRM is not going to tell you the the, the you know, the skinny, right? Uh, the CRM is going to tell you what the salesperson bothered to put in uh, or, um, you know, in some cases, luckily not at VFairs, but I've run into places where, you know, salespeople will bring, blame the product. It's, you know, bad product fit, too expensive, bad lead, right? Um, but when you dig into it, you realize that there are actually some other, you know, reasons that are driving to loss. Uh, so I needed to correct this, right? But it was also a pretty good uh, indicator uh, that we had some strategy issues, right? Uh, that that our, our, our messaging maybe wasn't landing uh, as, uh, as well as it could be. Uh, so that, again, for me was the, uh, was the key, right? So w- what I've done now is I've looked at the data. I've said, okay, our data is kind of all over the place, right? Uh, uh, that big data point, right, of, of loss reason uh, is a little bit opaque, right? I, I don't really understand, you know, what's driving most of the loss. Um, uh, I, I, I need to really go in and, and do the work to understand at a deeper level what's happening, right? I'm listening to calls now, I'm listening to gong recordings, um, uh, so what I need to do here is start to implement, right? And, and say, okay, what are, what are the areas that I could change? So for me, uh, uh, in, again, in this economy, right, and with our, the reality of our selling, um, I, I picked a couple of things that I thought would really move the needle, right? The first is a full conversion analysis for each rep, right? So I, I prioritize that. Uh, so I, I changed the, the sales stages, uh, made them, you know, a little bit more uh, aligned to what was happening in the field, uh, started getting really uh, tight on, on the measurement and the adoption across the CRM, um, uh, plugged in, obviously, all of our other systems to understand what our email conversion rates were and our call conversions, very old school, I know, but uh, what that allowed me to do is go back to my reps uh, and say, look, you know, you're, you're facing adversity in the market, right? You know, people are going back to in-person events. We were virtual, right? We need to re-message and, and reposition. Um, but until we figure that out, here's the way to brute force it, right? So you could hit your target and you could feed your family, right? So I was able to show them it's a lot more calls than we used to make, but, you know, here's, here's what the conversions are. 
right? So that, the first uh, uh, benefit of that is it bought a lot of credibility for us as a management team with the reps, right? The reps are saying, okay, they have our back. They understand that, that, that it's difficult out there, and they're giving me a roadmap. I have a plan, right? It's not a great plan, right? Uh, I'd rather, you know, be able to close it for a 40% clip, but at least now I know what I need to do in order to, to hit my numbers. And then I rolled out a, a sales methodology. Uh, I, I see Guy in the back. Uh, I'm going to steal one of the lines from his presentation, which is, it doesn't matter what your sales methodology is, just roll one out. Right, uh, it, which is absolutely true, and I'll, I'll show you mine. Um, uh, but if it's, I'm not a huge fan of Bant. I think it's a little bit simplistic, but you know, use Bant. It's better than nothing, right? Uh, use Medic, MedPick, whatever it is. But you need a sales methodology, right? Because you need a common framework uh, and a common language to be able to talk about deal risk with your reps, right? If you don't have that, uh, then you know you're really relying on a lot of um, uh, you know subjectivity. Uh, and then validation is important, right? Uh, and I, I think this is probably the overarching uh, uh, tactic that I'll, I'll recommend is, you know, there's, there's no substitute for getting in there, right? Um, you can't drive performance through spreadsheets. Uh, you need to get in there and stress test the deals. Uh, so I, I spend a lot of time with my line managers uh, teaching them how to do stress testing on, uh, against the, the um, uh, sales methodology uh, and then sat in on a lot of pipeline meetings, right? So it became you know, really, you know, a change management process that was super, super hands-on. A lot of hearts and minds conversations, but there, there's, you know, no substitute in this economy, right, uh, to really get in there and, and move the needle with your reps and show them by example uh, and, and be a little bit prescriptive, to be candid. So uh, some examples here. Uh, so what you see here is a, uh, a, basically a reimagining of MedPick uh, called CoImpact. It, this is not genius. This is nothing different than MedPick or, 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 or Medic or anything like that. The, the reason that I roll this out is because it's a different acronym and it forces people to learn different words and therefore engages their critical thinking skills, right? If they use MedPick at their old company and the adoption was poor, they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know it, I know it. Or they use Bant. Yeah, I've been doing Bant for 20 years. That's yeah, fine. No, this is new. This is new. What's new about it? Well, the letters are new, but, but we're, we're going we're gonna to position this a little bit differently, right? So, so just the act of teaching something new does, you know, drive the behaviors home. Um, and, and I'll talk a little bit about the important things here. So there's some things here that I really, really care about right now and some things that I care less about. The most important thing for me right now is identifying needs. Uh, and I'll, I'll stop and dive into this for a second. Um, how many people have taught sales teams to sell to pain points? Identify the pain points and sell the pain points. All right. How many people here have asked for a new piece of software recently uh, or had somebody ask them for a new piece of software and we said, no, deal with the pain because it's not the time to be spending? I have, for sure. So, yeah, the guy has. So pain points are nice to, to, to solve, right? And when things are going well, you look for, you know, uh, solving pain, right, and overcoming pain. Uh, but... You know, in tough times, you know, you tell people to get tough, right? Buck up, deal with it, right? Um, I'm sorry it hurts. Work a little more, right? Um, uh, you know, not that I'm that blunt with, with my team, but uh, you get the concept. So in, in the identifying needs part of CoImpact, what I'm really getting my team to do is identify objectives and saying, look, you know, no, no one's going to care about solving pain points right now, but everybody needs to hit goals, right? And if we could identify their objectives and sell to objectives as opposed to pain, certainly not features, right? Because that, that doesn't matter. People are going to trade features for, for objectives all day long, right, right now. But if we can understand their objectives, right, not just company objectives or vanity metrics, but what's going to get that guy a bonus? 
then we could, we could create a business case, right? So, so that's what we're focused on, is get to the objectives and understand uh, what it is that, uh, that we could sell to. And, and that, that's this bit up here, the strategy tactics gaps, right? And the way I describe this to, to my teams is the frog in boiling water concept, right? You know, if you're asking about pain or what's going wrong, do we know the frog in boiling water, right? If you, turn, you have a pot of boiling water, you take a frog and throw it in, it's going to jump out. It's hot. This is gross, but sorry. Uh, but if you take a frog and you put the frog into a pot of tepid water, it's nice and comfortable. You turn the heat on a little bit and it gets boiled before it knows it. And not that I'm saying that we should manipulate our prospects and customers, but from a conversational standpoint, what we want to do is start slow, right? And we want to talk about things that they like, which are themselves and good things. And that's why I ask questions around their strategy, right? And then I start talking to them about the tactics that they're going to use to achieve their strategic goals. And then I'm going to talk about gaps, right, in ways that we could help to de-risk their plan, right, and help them get to their goals either quicker or, or you know, again, with less risk. Uh, and that, that's going to allow me to really build that trust and build that business case. Super, super tactical, right? You know, again, this is not, this is not about the model. This is about some really, really easy, quick things that you can do with the team that, that's going to drive the, 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 or move the needle for you guys. All right, so sell to objectives and then a, a questioning framework that's going to you know, kind of be that inverted pyramid to drive down to some of the pain points. So from a messaging standpoint, right, that's tactics, right, execution on the sales front. Uh, when, it, when it came to identifying strategic gaps, uh, we were a point solution, right? You know, you looked at that revenue uh, curve, you know, we were the pandemic darling, you know, uh, a virtual platform best on the planet. Uh, and when I really dug into loss reasons, the real loss reason that we had was um, uh, we're going back to in-person events and you guys have branded yourself so well as a virtual platform that I do not even know that you could do anything but virtual, right? And, and here is our messaging, right? This is the YV fairs, right? And, and, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, 3D environments and features and that was amazing, right? And that, that grew us to 40 million in a uh, heartbeat, right? Um, but it, it made us into a point solution. So one of the other things that we did is we changed our messaging uh, to, and this is a busy slide, but kind of on purpose, uh, to a platform play, right? And we, we, it's not a product uh, change, right? This is, this is not, you know, me going to my CTO or my chief product officer and saying, we need to build new stuff. It's saying, okay, let me understand how people could use our solution today in a different environment uh, than they were previously, right? Um, uh, so we took what we are doing and said, okay, let's understand, you know, how this uh, um, relates to a workflow, Right? What's our customer's reality right now? How do they use us and how can we package our, our solution up in a way that you know, makes a lot more sense uh, and allows us to have a proactive conversation with our customers uh, about you know, wider use, right? Uh, and that, that'll bring me to another point um, on levers, right? So once we identified you know, the, the application of our product given the current environment, uh, the levers that we wanted to pull to grow became pretty clear, right? Um, which costs more money, platforms or point solutions, right? Which do you do annual contracts with or multi-year contracts or, you know, embed as an enterprise solution, a, plat a platform or a point solution, typically a platform. So what we were selling previously was a discrete single event license, if you will, um, but, you know, people should and are now using us as a platform, right? So we went from, you know, discrete, more service-oriented deals to proper SaaS, annual and multi-year deals. Uh, so for me, you know, volume uh, is not a lever I'm going to pull. Demand is, is not what it, what it was. 
Velocity is not a lever I'm going to pull because, you know, the, the, the buying cycle is longer. Um, size is, right? So I'm going to pull the lever on ACV because now I'm able to sell to an entire enterprise. It's not a discrete deal, right? And I'm selling a workflow solution that has massive cost avoidance uh, uh, and revenue generation opportunities, right? So then I'm leading into those objectives and goals. Uh, and close rate is the other area, right? Uh, when we're upskilling the team and selling to objectives, uh, we're not just increasing deal size, we're actually driving higher close rates. Um, rep roadmaps I talked about, right? That was the other you know, optimization piece, right? Uh, so you're taking that sensitivity analysis that you built, right? And you're, you're coupling that with a qualitative diagnostic, right? You can't just say, hey, here's how many calls you gotta make, right? Um, the promise was, here's how many calls you gotta make until we have optimized messaging, right? Uh, and now we have you know, good deal stress testing, we have the right description of our sales process so we're able to really understand uh, what the rep roadmap is, and then repeatability, right? So what we're doing from a repeatability standpoint is building onboarding. So where do we wind up? That's us there on, on G2's event management platform, right? We, we took over the grid, right? That was over the past three months. Uh, we weren't on the grid three months ago. We have so far increased ACV by 60%. And, and, and this is literally all I rolled out was a couple of you know, very, very tactical, there's more to it, but the key things that I rolled out were, were these tactical things. Uh, and we built out a 17-page eye chart, which is our internal document, to be able to repeat this, right? So, so it, conscious competency doesn't mean anything. You know, being good at something and knowing why you're good at it if you don't actually teach it uh, and scale it, right? So now we have an onboarding process to be able to bring people in and turn them into very, very effective sellers. That's it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Michael.